Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 38. We have an exciting episode for you today. We're going to talk about some of the games we're looking forward to uh, in the upcoming season. The schedule was released, and there's a few that we're excited about. And then we're going to go through a Twitter hypothetical that we found kind of interesting. Durgan surfaced this, and uh, we'll run through it later, but it's it's an exciting one for sure. First and foremost, how are you fellas doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Week, what, seems like affinity of this quarantine, so I'm barely hanging on, but... I'm here. Still alive, and I'm barely breathing. You know? <laughs> but the draft is in the rear view mirror, so we can put that to sleep. We don't have to talk about any uh, poor picks anymore. Uh, and uh, so that makes me a happy camper. Well, you may not be. If camp starts, if they're, if they're able to have camp and um, we hear about draft picks, then we may have to resurface some picks, but... Uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot up in the air with the with the quarantine, as everybody knows, and the season, I'm sure, will be unlike any other with very little time to prepare. Uh, but with that, let's talk about some of the, the games coming up that we think might be exciting. Casey, you want to kick us off with your first game that you think is going to be an exciting one in the 2020-2021 uh, season? Uh, sure. I'm going to start with week one, Bucks at the Saints. Tom Brady being welcomed to the NFC South and to the NFC in general and being welcomed by none other than Drew Brees himself, who signed up for one more year. And it's at the the Saints, so that stadium is going to be rocking if there's anybody in it. Uh, if not, maybe they can pump in some crowd noise, and uh, we'll see what Tom Brady's got with all those weapons, and it should be a pretty fun shootout because both of those offenses are, are kind of stacked now, and... That'll be exciting. Uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see Tom Brady in a different jersey, and it'll it'll be a cool cool matchup. Something that people have talked about as as far as Super Bowl matchups. You want to see Tom Brady against Drew Brees in a Super Bowl? Well, now you got Week One. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a, a pretty pretty interesting game. Sort of set the tone for that division going forward. Yeah, you got the uh, kind of the incumbent uh, Saints have been good for so long and have owned that division. For the majority mm-hmm. of you know, Drew Brees' career, and then he got the upstart, even though Tom Brady's older than dirt, Bucks uh, kind of make their claim for the division, and their Super Bowl window isn't very big. So, neither teams are, mm-hmm. in my opinion, have large Super Bowl windows. So, it's kind of a, not a must win game, but it's going to set the tempo uh, for the whole season for both teams. Yeah, this game is going to tell us a lot, I think. Um, and more so about the Bucks. I'm excited to see what this team looks like because I feel like, can you imagine if they come out and they look lackluster in, in the first game of the season and what all the headlines will say? Uh, it, it will be kind of insane. So I feel like the pressure is actually mounting in Tampa Bay. Like, you know, Brady can handle it. He's been in numerous, numerous situations in the NFL in which he's been um, handled pressure tremendously. So I, I don't have any, you know, concern that he'll handle it. But if things don't click right away uh, in Tampa Bay, I mean... It'll be kind of interesting to see how the media takes that and runs with it. So there is some pressure there for sure. And uh, the Saints are a good team. For sure. I mean, uh, something to note that uh, quarterbacks in Arians' offense the first year notoriously struggle with interceptions. Uh, Carson Palmer did it in Arizona. Andrew Luck did it when Arians was with the Colts. Jameis did it. Um, Ben Roethlisberger had a couple. Better uh, than anyone. (laughs) (laughs) he did a lot of things uh but uh so it'll be it'll be interesting none of them have been you know the caliber of brady or 
or a veteran quarterback necessarily, except for Carson Palmer. So uh, there could be some interceptions early, especially if there's limited time in OTAs or camp. Yeah, for sure. Durgan, you want to hit us with your uh, first matchup that you find interesting? Yeah, my first one is obviously my San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Week 17. That game we played uh, presumably in Santa Clara if we do have games here in California. Uh, I think this one's kind of self-explanatory. It's one of the best rivalries in football. Week 17, this game will more than likely have some sort of playoff implications. Uh, it did a season ago and won the probably best games of the season. Uh, another Week 17 matchup as the Niners won at Seattle, kind of set up their Super Bowl run. Uh, it's going to be a good game. I mean, it's going to be, once again, presumably in California. We don't know if we'll have games here or not. Uh, it's going to be in late, early, or late, late December, early January. I believe the team's January 3rd. So that's going to be a huge game. Uh, Russell Wilson kills the Niners every year. Assuming this game's going to be close in terms of uh, record standings-wise, it'll be probably Sunday Night Football again. So it'll have all the dramatics you need. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, seems like every year the Seahawks and Niners are sort of button heads in, uh, in that division. So that'll be, a, that'll be a good game for sure. Yeah, it'll be cool. I mean, I feel like those games are always classics. There's always something go every whether one team's really good that year or one team's really bad. They always end up playing super close games and competitive games. Uh, and in this case, they both should be playoff contenders, uh, if not favorites to win a Super Bowl in the 49ers case. So uh, it'll be cool to to see those two teams go at it and uh, see how the rookies develop for each team. I think it might be playing in the Niners hand because I think they drafted rookies that can uh, contribute more as the season goes on whereas Seattle um, I don't know if those rookies are going to grow a ton uh, by week 17 to, to help whereas you know the 49ers with Chenault could uh, end up getting more use of him as as the season goes on yeah the Seahawks you see in week one will be the Seahawks you see in week 17 that's because of Russell Wilson He's, in my opinion, the most valuable quarterback in the league. I mean, if you took him off that team, they are one of the worst. So much as I hate that he's on the rival, you have to respect him and how good he is. And he's like the Niner killer. Every year he destroys the Niners, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, there's zero question in my mind. The Niners got tremendously better. They filled holes. They did what you're supposed to do in the offseason. And I feel like Seattle really didn't do that, like, at all. We talked about it on the draft episode, and Seattle was one of my biggest losers. They not only did they reach and take poor value, but they didn't fill holes. Um, whereas the Niners, they, you know, they filled DeForest Buckner. Yeah. They, uh, they got another receiver across from Debo. They got the best tackle on the market to replace Joe Staley and Trent Williams. So, really, they didn't miss a beat. And I, I see him coming in, and, and honestly, it's, it's kind of in my mind, and this may be a bold stance on the nfc west but really it's a one team race i think the niners have it have the division locked in i think there's two teams then fighting for uh that wild card and it's going to be similar to last year where you're going to have probably two teams between the rams and the seahawks and i'm leaning seahawks in this but two teams worthy of sort of a division win but uh won't be able to so that's my take on it um my first matchup that I'm excited for. Uh, you may not be. Maybe in the vein <laughs> of sort of a similar to like a toilet bowl, but yeah. uh, Bengals at Dolphins, December 6th. 
this will be interesting. If Tua is starting, which I fully expect him to, and obviously Burrow is probably starting in, in uh, Cincinnati, barring any injury, this will be an exciting sort of Alabama-LSU uh, rematch here, and it'll be interesting to see these two quarterbacks that are shaping the future of their respective franchises go head-to-head, and I think it'll tell us a lot about uh, about these players. So I'm kind of excited to see this just because I think it'll be a fun uh, matchup since these were the consensus number one and number two quarterbacks in the draft. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup, and we'll see in terms of how exciting the actual game is, but I think it'll be fun to see the two uh, quarterbacks juxtaposed next to each other uh, on the same field. So that's the first one for me. Casey, let's dive into your second one. What are you, what are you thinking for this one? Sure. I am uh, stealing one, one of the Niners games. Niners at Cowboys. Rebooting that old classic 90s rivalry between those two premier franchises uh, who saw each other in the playoffs a lot in the regular season. Uh, you had the whole T.O. situation with the, the Dallas Star and stuff, and uh, that sort of bred that dislike of each other. But they always seemed fun fun for me to watch as a uh, fan that was not having any um, vested interest in, in who won or lost. And I think that color scheme goes well together, that uh, Dallas blue and silver and the, the 49ers gold. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Give me a little bit of flashbacks to the heyday of the those 90s rivalries. Yeah, two of the biggest fan bases also in NFL. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of uh, viewership for this game for sure. I wish it was a night game. I don't believe it is now. I could be wrong, which I think I am wrong. It might be a Sunday night football. But anyway, it's going to be a, also a game with playoff implications. Uh, the Cowboys, they'll be there more than likely uh, under new coach Mike McCarthy. Niners obviously as well right before Christmas. I mean, if under better circumstances in the world, I would definitely try to go to this game actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Connections in Dallas that I would go and stay there. But not going to be that, like that, probably. But it's going to be a great game. Uh, Dak Prescott versus Jimmy G, Zeke Elliott, Niners defense, tons of storylines. It's going to be a good one, hopefully. For sure. For yeah, sure. Hope, hopefully it's not a good one and the Niners just destroy the Cowboys, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, these teams have played 36 times since 1960, and the record is 17-18-1. and one. Um, So and that's go. the Niners who are down one win. So... Well, you know, you got to even that up. 18 and 18 and one. You got to you got to do that. So uh, this will be this will be a good game for sure. I'm excited for that one. Casey, what's your second one that you're excited for? That was my second one. So uh, Durgan, Durgan. Can, uh, take <laughs> his Mr. second Durgan. one. My what second, is your one second one includes sir? my favorite player in the NFL. That's Lamar Jackson. Psych. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Chiefs versus the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Uh, two of the top teams in, in the AFC. Uh, Monday Night Football, where they announced they'll have a new uh, commentating crew. Booker and Testor are out, thank goodness. So it's going to be actually a, probably a watchable Monday Night Football season. But Chiefs-Ravens, I mean, two of the you know more marketable players in the NFL. You have a Ravens defense who's really good, especially when it comes to getting a pressure on the quarterback against the defending champions, Pat Mahomes. It's going to be a high-scoring one, and it's going to be a game where I'll be betting the over. That's for sure. <laughs> Sure, and what many people probably thought would be the the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. uh, last year, which the the Titans ruined for everybody. But um, it should be fun. 
two very different styles of offense, which I think will be cool to see. And I think, like you said, a lot of points will be scored. I think the Ravens have the better defense. So um, it'll be interesting, though. Those two teams stylistically juxtapose each other um, in a really interesting way. So it'll be cool to watch. Yeah, I think it'll almost be like a case study on on uh, the NFL in its current state because you got probably maybe the best defense in the league versus the best pass offense, and then you have the best run defense. I mean, run offense uh, with the Ravens. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what prevails there because you got the you got you got teams basically at the top in uh, what they do well. Um, so that'll be that'll be a really good one. I think we should all kind of mark that on our calendars. I think that is definitely an AFC championship matchup we could be looking at for sure. My second game has no bias involved at all whatsoever, <laughs> I promise you. It is the Eagles at Cowboys, December 26th. Now, Casey was giving me a little bit of shit about this one, saying <laughs> this isn't going to be a good game. But I feel like every season this is the game that determines the division. So it's a crucial, crucial game for either team that's that's trying to win that division. And let's be real, it's a two-team race in the NFC East. Granted, is it one of the best divisions? No, that's totally fine. But these two teams in this game on December 26th, the winner will most likely win the division. That's my prediction. It happened last year. Uh, the Eagles edged out the Cowboys. I think it'll happen again this year. So I think it's a crucial game. It'll be one of the few that we see um, that could potentially determine a division. Maybe even the Week 17 one, Durgan mentioned Seahawks at Niners. I don't think it comes to that. I think the Niners take it away. But um, these sort of games are really interesting to me that, that have playoff implications. So that's why that's my second one. Um, and Casey, if you don't agree, <laughs> I don't care. I, I think it might be a good game. I'm just tired of seeing the Cowboys and the Eagles. I feel like it's every couple of weeks I see the Cowboys and the Giants or the Eagles and the Giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys on national TV, and I'm just – Spice it up. Throw in some other teams in there. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I they usually have good games. I feel like. Uh, well, they. I feel like they have one good game a year. The other one is kind of a dud. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, rivalry game. Your favorite team near Christmas. <laughs> it's cool, but I'm not super jazzed about it. I mean, it's, it's going to be. A- like Cyrus said, probably a conference or divisional championship game. Uh, I think on paper, Cyrus will hate me for this, but the Cowboys are much better than the <coughs> Eagles. Best of that last year, and look what happened. So it's going to be a close game. Uh, the fact that it is at Dallas, I think, helps out a lot in terms of the Cowboys' favor. Uh, but it's going to come down to Mike McCarthy. I mean, if he's able to kind of form this team into what you have with the Packers in a more mm-hmm. balanced attack rather than focusing exclusively on Zeke and then trying to like, catch up with Dak at the end. That's not going to work. But if you have a more balanced attack this year, utilize Dak, who they're going to pay, what I'm hearing, between 30 and $35 million a year. Uh, Got to f- focus some money offense. But it's going to be a good game. I mean, I think that's one of the best rivalries in the league. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I, I got you, Cyrus. I'm This is one of the best games of the year. Casey's wrong. Appreciate that, Durgan. <laughs> Thanks wow. for getting my back, Ganging man. Ganging up on me. Um, I will say, though, I'm not delusional. <laughs> I think the Cowboys got a lot better this offseason. I think if you look on paper, they are better. Um, but we've seen it. I mean, paper means nothing, right? You could have the best roster in the league and still lose a game. That's sort of the beauty of the NFL as it is. Any team can win on any given day. So that's why this game is also so important. I think, you know, it's literally going to be probably both teams 
fighting for that spot on December 26th. And it's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Casey, hit us with your third and final game that you are excited about, sir. Well, if you want something for Christmas, how about a football game on Friday on Christmas? The Vikings at the Saints. Uh, rematch of the playoffs from the last couple of years um, where the, the Vikings came out victorious both times. Uh, I feel like every time the Vikings and the Saints meet up, a good game ensues. Uh, you have the, the Bounty Gate game with Brett Favre way back in the day. You have the Minneapolis Miracle. You have the overtime this last year. Um, so I think it'll be a, a, a good game, although the, the Vikings don't have Stefan Diggs anymore, so we'll see if they can match up with their firepower against the Saints. But um, I think it should be a, a fun one to watch because it always seems to be that way. Also, last year the Saints were one of the worst teams in terms of stopping the run, and Dalvin Cook, for the majority of last season, was arguably one of the best running backs in the league. Did get banged up towards the end of the year that kind of hurt his overall uh, performance statistically-wise, but he was one of the best uh, players last year. So I think the Vikings are going to lean a lot on him this year, but I fully expect them to be, once again, at the top of their division. Uh, one or two spot with them and the Packers, uh, Bears and Lions aren't contenders. So it's going to be a, a game in terms of big playoff implications, and it's been Christmas. So everyone's going to be able to watch that. I can't watch the NBA anymore. I think it's totally crappy product but we can save that debate for a different day <laughs> so i'll be watching this instead of uh whatever is on tv for nba casey uh you're gonna love my take on this and they're gonna kind of hit on it right they're gonna lean on dalvin cook a lot this coming season which probably means he won't play week 16 so <laughs> i think that the vikings get absolutely dogged by the saints i don't even think this is close i think it's one of those games we're sitting there on christmas and just like why is this one of the games they chose like this isn't cool, and the Saints are just destroying the Vikings. That's my prediction. Um, I I really don't think the Vikings got better this offseason. I think they they had a good draft, but I don't think it's enough to compete with the Saints. Uh, I, I, as much as I would like to pile on the Vikings, I, I disagree. I think they did get, uh, I don't know if they got better, but they at least maintained status quo. Uh, and... You know, I think Kirk Cousins is vastly underrated, and people like to poop on him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think they've got enough weapons with Thielen and and Dalvin Cook, and you throw in Rudolph and uh, an offensive line that's getting better. And I think just like this last year, they have every bit of, of ability to be able to compete with the with the Saints, barring any injury where somebody is not playing. It's a big deal. Yeah, or they'll have to have the refs come out and screw them again, something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that helps too. I'll call a key though. PI. We'll see what happens. All right. My last game is the Browns at the Steelers, week six. And the sole reason why it shows this game is that it's Miles Garrett return earning the season. <laughs> and he'll be playing in Pittsburgh. This is the first time since the big fight. Also, the time, first time the Browns um, are going there, obviously. So it's going to be. Very interesting how they react to Miles Garrett when he comes out of the tunnel. Uh, they might need some extra security, as uh, Pittsburgh fans are quite, uh, I don't know how to say it's nicely, quite excited for their team and will defend them at any cost. And also, in terms of actual football play, the Browns are be a much improved team this year. The Steelers, who kind of own the Browns and own that division, 
uh, they're kind of the the standard NFL, in my opinion, in terms of always being good. Like they're never down. They're always in playoff contention, always near there. Obviously, the Ravens took the division last year and have had moments over the past couple seasons. But the Steelers are kind of the, in my opinion, the king of that division. Uh, but let the record show. I want to see this game from Miles Garrett. There's gonna be some chippy play. It's gonna be really <laughs> physical. I'm a big fan of sports fights, so whenever I can see the uh, the encore performance, possibly from Miles Garrett or the offensive lineman from the Steelers, sign me up for that. What do you think the line is gonna be for whether there's a fight or not in this game? Oof. Oh. Absolute certainty. <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's gonna be chippiness. I mean, I think Miles sure, Garrett. Yeah. I think Miles Garrett's kind of learned his lesson. Uh, he has to be on his best behavior, yeah, but that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean his teammates won't uh, step in on his behalf. For I, sure. there, there's going to be some sort of uh, physical play for sure. That goes. Uh, it's talked about in the national media the next day. But it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's going to be physical. I love that. That's AFC yeah. North football right there. Yep, for sure. It's if- not going to be. It's not gonna be as bad, like by any means. You're not gonna see somebody rip off someone's helmet and try to hit him in the head with it. <laughs> but it's it's there's gonna be fights. There's gonna be times where the refs need to break it up, and it'll be uh, it'll be chippy, as you said, for for sure. There's no sure. questioning that. And I think you got you got to imagine some some players on the Steelers and vice versa probably have that marked like on their calendar. So um, that's a good one. I'm I'm gonna, I'm excited for that game. Uh, even even without like fight aside and Miles Garrett drama aside, I still think it'll be an exciting matchup. Just Browns versus Steelers. Like you said, the Steelers always find a way to be competitive. They get big Ben back. I mean, that's a whole different team if he can play at a, a competent level. Um, and the Browns are looking pretty revamped as well. So we'll see what happens, but I think that's an exciting matchup. Uh, and then you add this drama on top of it. It makes it even that much more uh, of a must watch. Well, speaking of the Browns, quickly uh, speaking of the Browns, New post this week. Check it out. I break down the Browns draft class. Plug over. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm also working on a Baker Mayfield video breakdown. It'll be out in a couple weeks. So there we go. A lot of Browns stuff going on with the weekly spiral. Um, but I think it would be a huge statement win for the Browns to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Might be almost a, a changing of the guard uh, as far as the Steelers go. I don't think the Browns will. Uh, take over the division entirely because the Ravens are, are still there but that could be the first sign if the Browns are able to to make that I think it'd be a culture shift for a new coach to come into Pittsburgh with the Browns and beat the Steelers when there's it's this physical uh contentious game uh would be really really big for a new regime in, in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski um and I think they can do it. I know we were we were hyping them up last year, but maybe Cyrus's dark horse or lock for the division will actually lock it up this time. You know, listen, so listen. I was be, doing uh, a twenty twenty season prediction when we first did this. It, clearly, uh, I forgot what season it was. Okay. That's that's the reason. So they'll be <laughs> good this time, year. That's what I was saying. That's what I've always said. You know, we'll they'll be good. They'll be good this year. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you hit us with your your final and third game of the. Of that you're looking forward to my final and third game is the chiefs at the bucks november 29th i think this is sort of the two biggest headlines and stories of the season kansas city defending their super bowl title and with mahomes and then you got uh, brady to tampa so uh 
this will be exciting. I mean, if Tampa is who we think they can be, these will be two of the best teams um, playing in one game. So I'm excited for it. I mean, Brady is 2-1 and one in head, head-to-head matchups against Mahomes. So I think uh, the Bucks have a chance. And if, you know, we get to see Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski on the same field again, I'm not complaining. So it, I think this will be an exciting matchup and uh, one that all fans can enjoy, even if you don't have affiliation with the Chiefs or the Bucks. But November 29th, that's, that's the, I think that's my most anticipated game of the season, to be honest, outside of anything uh, that I'm a fan of, of course. Sure. I think it'll be an exciting... I think they match up similarly on both sides of the ball, too. I think those defenses are about equal as far as skill and talent goes, and I think... I don't know. The Chiefs probably have a better offense, but I think it's pretty close. Um, the the Bucks are right there nipping at their heels, so it could be a shootout. Uh, depends. I know everyone likes to say Tom Brady's falling apart, or this is the year where he doesn't perform, but... Um, he's getting older. One day it's going to happen. <laughs> we say it enough times, it'll happen. Um, so we'll see late in the season, does Tom still have the arm to get it done? Uh, that would be the only thing that I could see that, that might uh, make this less competitive than it could be. This is also a point in the season where it's towards the end, so the Bucks should have that rhythm on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, like we mentioned beforehand with their game against the Saints, that's week one, so we don't know what we're going to see. But at this point this season, towards the end, Tom Brady will have more comfortability with the offense and the weapons around him. And then Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. So it's going to be a high-scoring game again. Uh, yeah, this is definitely one of the best games of the year, in my opinion, just on the fact alone. You have the quote-unquote GOAT in Tom Brady, and you have the guy who looks like he's going to challenge for that title one day in Pat Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. The GOAT and the baby GOAT. What what is it the name for a baby goat? Is this baby goat like, you know how cows are calves and they're babies? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. You're the smart one, Casey. You should know this. You're you're the smart I don't one. Know. I just, my biology uh, degree was earned a long time ago, so I don't, <laughs> you know. Well, goat lit. Good question. Goat. Doesn't sound as cool, but it works. Calf. I would say calf probably. Calf. Uh, no, that's a cow, dude. It's it not can, a calf. You can be a calf for multiple things. Can you? I'm looking it up now. We're yeah. getting way off topic. We're talking about it's a, uh, it's a billy. zoology. It's a billy. I was right. Billy a goat? Billy? No, it's a billy. Like a billy goat. Or a kid. <clears throat> so we got the goat versus the billy no. goat, November 29th. That's a type of goat. Oh. Welcome to the weekly zoo. This is <laughs> episode called, one. Wait, no. A baby newborn goat is called a kid. So Yeah, or a Billy. That is All right. very underwhelming. I was yeah. Well Well, you know it's the off season when this is the topic <laughs> of conversation. So let's move on to the next segment here. Uh we have a Twitter hypothetical. We we all kinda saw this on Twitter and somebody posed the question and, and then we found it super interesting and kinda wanted to talk about um what we thought about it. So essentially the hypothetical is if you were to pick one player to build a team around currently right now, nobody in the past, uh, who would it be? It can't be a quarterback. So any player except the quarterback position, who would you want to start a team around and, and build around? Um, so we all kind of have different answers here, and we each picked a few with one primary uh, option. And uh, let's, let's kind of walk through it. We'll, we'll start with you, Casey, and uh, let's, let's talk about who we think and why um, for this hypothetical. 
Yeah, I I think I'm going to go offensive tackle. And the problem is, for me, there's not this standout uh, tackle that's on their rookie contract that's like, oh, I got to have that dude on my team. That you can use their rookie contract, even though, of all things, you know, Lyme aren't uh, paid the most. Uh, still want to use that rookie contract. So if you're talking about team building, you want to have that. Um, that being said... There, there isn't really one of those guys for me. So uh, I'm still staying offensive tackle, but I'm going to go with David Bakhtiari because I'm a little bit of a homer pick. I was thinking about Tyron Smith as well, but some injury issues, getting up there in age, and David Bakhtiari is a little bit younger. And as the uh, NFL continues to be more pass-heavy, although some teams are shifting to, to more run, I think David Bakhtiari is maybe the best pass-blocking lineman uh, in the NFL. So if you can start with that guy, anchor him in for 10 or 12 years and not have to worry about that position and keep your uh, quarterback that you're not building around, whoever you can draft or, or fill in there upright and healthy, you can you can get a lot more out of him when he's not scrambling around running for his life. I like the idea of uh, going with offensive tackle, but you kind of said it, there's no player for me that was worth it. But Bakhtiari, Tyron Smith, uh, those guys are kind of at the head of their uh, class. And Trent Williams, assuming he's yeah, healthy Trent with Williams, the Niners yeah. now, he's up there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the left tackle position, they say that's the second most important position in football behind quarterback. So uh, mm. their train of thought, I definitely see and I agree with. Yeah, I, I, I agree too. And I totally agree with the evaluation of that being the second uh, most important position. But there is no so we're talking long term here right we're talking about basically starting a franchise around a player there's no like young elite tackle i can't think of one at least maybe if you guys can like the best young tackle that comes to mind is maybe like Laramie Tunsil right mm-hmm. can you think of any under 25 that like you would trust as your blindside protector for a long time i, I mean i don't think there is not really yeah. maybe you throw McGlinchey in there but yeah. I don't think but he's, he's there he's right, right now. Tackle. He plays no left tackle. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I mean Tunsil, but he has his own baggage, which I mean can't we call it baggage anymore from the draft day. But yeah, yeah that's a tough one. Yeah. So while I value the position a lot, I just can't get behind the opportunity cost of giving up like an elite young edge rusher, for instance, or something along those lines. So that's my only take on it but i i of course agree you got to build through the trenches and left tackle is tremendously important so that's i agree with you it's a it's an important position durgan what do you got for yours all right so my pick uh you know my pick is tough i'm not gonna lie i wanted to go with george kittle that's a homer pick <laughs> but i do think he is the best player in terms of ability to block, catch, run after the catch, leadership, all that stuff. I uh, thought him, thought Aaron Donald as well, great defensive tackle for the Rams, but I went with Christian McCaffrey, running back of the Panthers, obviously, coming off of a 1,000-yard rushing and 1,000-yard receiving season on a team that was pretty bad. He was, he was the guy on that team. He was only one uh offensively threatening with Cam Newton gone. They didn't really have any star receivers. Uh, their offensive line was you know, considered average at best and didn't necessarily have a great defense either to back it up. Uh, he also give you versatility in the punt return game as he showed in college and 
hasn't really shown much in NFL, but if you really needed to him do that, he could. And he just got paid this offseason, one of the highest paid running backs in the league now. And he just does nothing, something that no other running back or player in the league can do. I mean, you have guys like Saquon Barkley who can possibly get there one day and Alvin Kamara as well, but they're not the true dual threat in my mind that McCaffrey is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. He's, for me, if I was taking a running back, that's probably who I, I would take. He's the most dynamic and can add the most to any team on the on the um, on the ground or in the air. But for me, like when I was thinking about Cyrus was saying, like get an elite pass rusher, it's hard to pass that guy up. It's also taking a consideration like how much is that going to add value wise win total. Like you can think about the Bears trading for Khalil Mack. How much did he really help the win total? An elite edge rusher. Uh, going into his second contract or his first real contract after his rookie uh, contract was up. Um, did he put that team over the edge and get them to a Super Bowl? Not really. Is a running back going to do that? I don't think so either, which is why I went offensive tackle. Uh, I don't know that offensive tackle is really going to do it either, but for me, it's closer. Uh, all that being said, if there's a running back or maybe a skill guy, I might take him over a dominant receiver as well because he just adds oh, yeah. so much uh in so many parts of your offense he's someone that you always have to look out for and and scheme against and he's still gonna get his like we, that was all he was the only thing on the panthers and he was still getting breaking off big chunks of yardage every game yeah and i totally what, agree he gets his christian mccaffrey's Go just that man like you can't pick a better offensive player, I think, to start your franchise around. I mean, you got a guy who can basically play running back and receiver at an elite level. Like, I don't know if we've even had somebody like this in the league, to be honest. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I agree with the with what you're saying, Casey, about running backs and maybe having value. But if we're picking one player here and the argument is wins and, and things along along those lines, you're you're not going to be able to find somebody better than Christian McCaffrey in my mind. I mean, no, no, none of the players we're talking about in a vacuum are going to take you to that next level and, and t- carry you to the Super Bowl. That's the quarterback position, right? And the sure. whole point of this is we're not, a, we're not looking at that position. So if we're talking offense, I, if it's a skill position, there is no other player that I would pick in this exercise than Christian McCaffrey for sure. But I think a defensive player does have the ability to add to wins and does have the ability to help in a, a lot of ways beyond just what you might think an edge rusher can contribute to. Not only would a pass rusher help your defensive line, it would help your secondary. It would get your offense back on the field faster. And we saw it with Khalil Mack. He took a team that was, I know, I know you use that as an example against this, but he took that team and basically completely turned it around single-handedly. I mean, he took Trubisky and made him, we forget, Trubisky was a pro bowler. They made the playoffs. Their field, their, they missed a field goal that would have taken them to the next round. So that, I mean, that trade, while they gave up a lot, it made a huge difference. And I think pass rusher is the third most important position. And there are better, younger players that you can find to start a franchise around. So what I have done here, which is kind of, Maybe, maybe it's not the youngest, but Aaron Donald is hands down the best defensive player in the league. So I would, I would pick Aaron Donald one. And then I think beyond that, I mean, I'm looking at Nick Bosa. I'm looking at Chase Young even, who hasn't even stepped on an NFL field yet. But we're talking franchise starting here. And, and 
you know, you got Nick Bosa, you got Chase Young, maybe even Khalil Mack long term. Like, you're set. You're set. You can fill that secondary in, bolster that defensive line, and then, you know, you're good. You're good on defense. So I, 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 I'd pick probably Aaron Donald one, and then the youngest, most talented pass rusher would be my second option between Chase Young and Nick Bosa. Yeah, I, I agree with the fact that you uh, gave – it's Aaron Donald. He's by far the best defensive player, like you said, and best pass rusher. I mean, the Rams' offense wasn't great this past season, yet they were still in playoff contention in large part to him and that defense, and he is the guy on that defense. They got Jalen Ramsey midseason, but he didn't even perform too well. Uh, four of them are up to his standard usually. So Aaron Donald's a one-man wrecking crew on the offensive line. Uh, he's a guaranteed double-digit sack player. And while he's expensive, he's totally worth it. I mean, maybe not for the Rams, because the Rams are the worst team at managing their salary cap. But in terms of actual production and what it gives you on the field, I mean, you have to double-team him. If you don't double-team him, he's going to get three or four sacks in a game. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm in with the, the Khalil Mack making the difference. Uh, that defense was already one of the best in the league, and he was supposed to be the icing on the cake that put him over the edge. I would say if we're talking players like that, I think Micah Fitzpatrick last year made more of a difference for the Steelers than Khalil Mack made for the Bears. Um, similar situations with no quarterback, and that defense totally turned around when Minka Fitzpatrick was was on the field. Um, he would be my honorable mention non-defensive line or, or edge rush guy um, on defense because uh, he's young, he's on his first contract, and, and made such a big difference in Pittsburgh. But uh, like I said, it's hard to, to find a guy that's going to be the most impactful if they're not the quarterback. And that's sort of what it all comes down to. How many games are you going to win because of that person? Yeah, I, I for sure agree with that. And I love Minka Fitzpatrick. We've talked about it. I think he's great. I think he's probably one of the best young defensive uh, defensive backs in the league. But there's still a little bit of unknown, right? He's had one breakout season. Um, and can he stay that good and, and hopefully improve? We don't really know yet. Whereas with players like Aaron Donald, with Khalil Mack, I mean, these are the best players at their positions um, and with Aaron Donald, I mean, arguably the best defensive player in at all, like in the league. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has the fastest average time to sack both out of interior and edge rusher, edge rushers, and he can play both. I mean, he can play inside and out, and and uh, at a very high level. So, I don't know. I just think he he gives you so much um, on that defense. It just helps everyone around him more more so than than like a Minka Fitzpatrick sure. might. I mean, if well. You were, you're saying Nick Bosa, who hasn't proved himself past one year, or Chase Young, who hasn't even stepped on the field, and you were talking about those guys. So, uh, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I think it's, it depends on your philosophy. Like, I know the Eagles had a lot of success. Uh, the Niners have had a lot of success building through the trenches first, building that defensive line and building out from there. But some teams build from the secondary down. Um, so it depends on your philosophy and... and uh, I mean, it depends on all the other pieces. It's, it's a hard hypothetical because there's so many moving. It's a team game. It's like the ultimate team sport. Uh, so it depends who else you have in place. If you have, you know, a decent secondary, that, that edge rusher or that defensive lineman can, can sort of put you over the edge and make that whole defense that much better. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're totally right. I mean, it depends on how you view um, team building. But 
we've seen enough examples of building through the trenches that I think you can't go wrong with Aaron Donald in any capacity. So um, no, for sure. That's yeah. That's my take on it. That's gonna wrap things up here on episode thirty-eight of the Weekly Spiral. We uh, really appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we look forward to episode thirty-nine next week. There's a ton of cool stuff on our website. We're we're pumping out new content left and right. Uh, weeklyspiral.com. Check us out. You can find all our social handles and check us out on YouTube. We're, we've started uh, doing some film analysis. Casey's been hard at work, and we have a few up there now with some down uh, coming in the pipe. Casey, what do you, what do you got going on on the YouTube channel? Uh, so there's one on Devonte Parker. There's one on Gardner Minshew and sort of his mechanical issues and what to look forward from him in the future. And we got a uh, Frank Reich one with the Colts run game doing some pretty cool innovative stuff that I think people are sort of sleeping on. He's sort of in the same vein as what the Ravens are doing and the Niners are doing just in a, in a little bit different kind of way. So I found it super interesting. That'll be out on uh, Wednesday the 13th of May. So make sure to check that out. Yeah, so as you're listening to this, since we release these on Wednesday, it will be out. So go to our YouTube channel, Weekly Spiral. Durgan, you got some interesting draft stuff coming up. I know draft season is kind of slowing down, but we've got some analysis still. What do you got coming up? Just got the uh, Browns one coming up, and then every week I drop a new team. Uh, might do something a little creative in the future, but I'll wait till I announce that when it actually uh, comes about. Nice. You can find all this, weeklyspiral.com. Again, we really appreciate your support. It means the world to us. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every week. And with that, we bid you adieu and look forward to episode 39 next week. Mm -hmm.